Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art in Sight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was attended. So, Steve, create that for me. The reason why we're going to talk to this about this art piece is actually we've got the artist uh, Lisa Traxler with us, which we'd have an interview with very soon. Um, so let's talk about this piece, Steve. Yeah. Overall, all of the this gallery is lots of large white background walls, and so all the pieces are, are displayed eye level. Typical uh, gallery: white wall, concrete floor. Yep. Um, and then cold. We've got Lisa's very cold. piece. Lisa's piece is it's a collection of looks like you know wood it's a wood different shapes of wood with a large well a, let me describe the size to start with it's around 30 centimeters to 40 centimeters square on the on the background which is a light gray and then in front of that you've got a, another piece of wood which is then painted in a very it's like a it's not a pitch black but it's quite dark and then on front of that another shape and it's quite hard to kind of describe those shapes individually but so it's a collage of, of shapes a, a, one on top of each other because I know obviously I know of Lisa's work yeah you know she works very angular uh, lots of triangles which I love yeah uh, and the play around with with shape and shadow yeah um, so and this so it's a collage of much more thick materials than you would expect MDF? on a regular collage. I think, well, yeah, it could be MDF, but it might be, a, a, it might be actually, I think it's ply, because I can, if I look really closely, I can see the layers. I may be right. Well, I think we're too we close. Let's look for it from a distance. Well, no, I mean, I've got some sort of thoughts around the, the sort of feelings and the, the sort of concept of it. I mean, it certainly has a kind of a very kind of seaside feel, because there's a sort of, there's that kind of, like a map topography, like as if, as if you're looking down. No, much more Birds like a view. bird, a bird itself. What's the piece called? Let's wait and see, actually, because it probably reveals loads, and then I'll be like, well, it's nothing <laughs> like a bird. But there's also kind of a fish element to it. I, said, I said about the map thing, because obviously when I did my degree in model making, we had to do topography maps. The idea of making layers using wood, um, and the shapes and that, it feels like it could be some form of, uh, of a bay with a map, and the white triangle one you said was like the, t the top piece yeah. of, of the mound and then you're going down to sea level, which would be the back piece. So you're imagining it like a, an ordnance like, yeah. survey map yeah. looking down from above that, that's over, how, over a hill. That's quite what it reminds me of, yeah. I quite like that because obviously, uh, you know, when you think of cartography, it's all about shapes and patterns. It's not about, oh, here's the UK, this is what it looks like. You know, you have that in your mind and... As, as when you look at, when you break it down, it's just shapes. We, we live in a world of shapes. And these, it's very simplified shapes, but the, the colours that are, that, are, that are used, you would think would be quite stark, blacks and white. But I think there's something about the way the shapes are put together that makes it feel softer than that. Gives it a sense of something that's alive to me. Has energy, has movement, but it's a static piece. And, but the shadows that come to each part just... Is there shadows? Three, I don't see the, the shadows in it. Is there some well, shadows coming off this one? If we can go closer, because the, the shadows are, are 
because it's relatively small. I'll get my head in the shadow, that's the trouble, wouldn't I? It gives it a really, the, the three-dimensional uh, look also affects it. Let's have a look at the title, shall we? Okay. It's a reveal to ourselves. It just, letter 13. And what's it say? What's it say, uh, the actual dimensions and what's it made of? So, acrylic on poplar. Actually. Did you get the, the right dimensions when you said it was about 40 centimetres squared? Yeah, so it's 38 centimetres by 34. So That's not too far off, is it? Your not, not, not awful. So, letter 13. And then letter 19. So it, is oh, is it two, two, pieces? Two, two pieces on is one? Two pieces in one. Well, it's got two titles. Ooh. This is going to be a question we're going to have, we have to, to ask, ask the artist because obviously 1319, it must have some significance. Uh, a series, maybe this is one of a series, and obviously she's got one piece here, but it could be a series of 19 pieces somewhere dotted around in her studio. They could be, unless it's a code. You love a code. I do like a code. My, my artwork is a code. Um, yeah, it's, now you said it's poplar, so it's poplar, that's an interesting kind of wood, isn't it? It's a sustainable wood as well. So, and it's, it's not as smooth as, as I think it would be. I thought it'd be quite smoother. Shall we talk to Lisa? Let's talk to Lisa, yes. So, Lisa. Hello, hello. I'm lurking around in the gallery. Um, can I just say, I'm so moved by listening to you guys. I'm absolutely... Um, so honoured to have seen my artwork looked in the way that you've been looking at it and describing it. Um, and just your feedback on what you were feeling about it. So, yeah, very interesting. Do you want me to sort of... Yeah, so I think... Do you want me to talk? How do you want to do Let's just go for some... <laughs> yeah, so you chat, heard... So some of the things that we just mm, said there, I mean, mm. you could see that mine and Clark's interpretation of what we might be looking at was quite different. Mm. Um, was any of that close to what what you were actually thinking when you were creating or your intention of this piece of art yeah sure well the the to, the topography of it and that and, and almost the map and the sort of landscapeness of it and the foldedness of that landscape was quite quite spot on in one way and also the idea of perhaps there's this code coming in or perhaps it's part of a series of something um so just, just quickly, so the title, letter 13, letter 19, there were actually two pieces. So when I was invited to be part of this wonderful show, which I'm very excited to be part of, Paradoxes, um, the curator, Freya Perdue, asked... She came to my studio and we were talking about the pieces of artwork, the paintings, and so she actually picked two of the letters because it's actually a piece of 20 letters. So the whole piece is actually 20 letters in the entire... Um, artwork so um, she chose two 13 and 19 because they were the two that she thought would work maybe in the gallery space against some of the other artists work and she did say I think only one will get through because there were quite a few artists work to put in so I was like that's cool because sometimes the shape and form has to work with other artists alongside so hence the the title it should just be one or the other it's <laughs> ah, so that's that's really really interesting. Because so I've actually got two there, but it should only be one. So yeah. perhaps I'll fix the label, but that's okay. I'm okay with it. But obviously, we're talking about in this gallery. Obviously, we, we see the imagery. I mean, Steve really had to struggle to find the label. Don't you think in this kind of society now that labels should be bigger? Um, well, I'm not sure about the labels bigger. Perhaps QR codes are kind of cool because then sometimes an artwork needs that space around it without a big label. Mm -hmm. I think. 
but sometimes something like a QR code could give you the info that if you want to look at it, you can. And if you don't, then you don't have to sort of press on it. And one of the things that uh, has occurred to me, having been to quite a few galleries in quick succession, mm. is that there's no consistent way of doing it. No. And it's not obvious how somebody that was observing the art would find out more about the artist without some kind of yeah. their own, their own, they would have to go off on their own to do that. Yes, I you mean, have I to think do the detective work. On your own. And mm. so I think, mm. I think one crucial piece of information is how do you connect to that artist? Yeah. Because if you see a piece that you really like, the, in, you know, the inspiration that you found in the gallery could be mm. so much easier to, to use at that moment. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't have to be very much. No. And the uh, minute you walk out the door, that kind of, because the world takes your busy, attention. Takes, yeah, your exactly. And that's why I think artist talks and I mean, this thing that you guys are doing, this podcast is so, it's so exciting and important because to have the artist almost let you in, isn't it? It's sort of a way into their, into their brains or their head about how this work was made or how they come up with their ideas and stuff. So, but I loved how you were, were trying to um, articulate how it was constructed because my, my work is a succession of constructions. That's how I kind of almost like to think of it. And they work from the 2D to the 3D and they often use, um, within them, they often use um, different parts, perhaps from previous works that I can bring th forward into the next work. So the letter that you're seeing on the wall, um, it was actually in a show last year called Blast Wall. I, I was very fortunate to get Arts Council funding for it, for a solo show which was in London and then came back to the island. And um, it's part of a bigger body of work, but it actually still stands alone as itself in and can hang within this show. But actually there is a very big story behind it. Um, and it comes from the idea of, I suppose the basic concept around it is the idea of home and how the importance for me, especially during lockdown, how our homes became so important. And where I live on the island, it's the south coast of the island, and it's quite rugged and um, weather-beaten, really, and it's got beautiful to topography, so you were very right in, in suggesting that. But also, I, where we live, we have this World War II radar bunker on our site, and it's become extremely important for me in my work, um, responding to it, but also looking into its history and finding a way of connecting with it in that way. And so through lockdown... I used to sit in the blast wall area of it, which the bunker itself is closed off. It's a big, solid, concrete construction, very brutalist. And then one side of it has a blast wall, which is open to the elements, so you can watch the clouds scudding across or feel like you're sort of inside and outside. It's got that feel to it. So I used to sit in this area, and it was very calming and still, and I used to watch the shadows creep across the walls and really just have that time you know, to be in that space. And I was very interested in its construction and just the people that built it. And it was very hands-on. If you've touched the walls, you can feel that texture in the walls of the, con the handmade construction of the concrete and the wood shuttering where they built it. So the work that I was responding to that I was doing was became very important. And at the same time, I was chatting to my dad on the phone. Obviously, I couldn't see him because we were all in lockdown and he's, he lives in London. And um, he said that he'd rediscovered some letters from, from our family history, and they were from my great-uncle from World War II. And he thought I might like to have a read of them. They hadn't really been... They'd been sort of tucked away and just sort of up in the attic out of the way and sort of forgotten. So 
he posted them to me and there were 20 letters and they were from my great uncle. And he wrote um, from overseas because he was a Lance Corporal posted in India. And so he used to write very regularly to his sister, my dad, so my grand, about um, just being away from home and how much he missed home and how important home was to him. And every time he wrote the word home, because I actually transcribed them, so I had to sort of read every word, he used a capital H to describe home. So it just told you how important home was for him. And I think because I was looking at my home and how important my home was to me during that period, it almost connected the past and the present and, and came together in this amazing kind of emotional for me, very emotional sort of um, discovery of these letters. And also then, how do I, how as an artist, how do I actually articulate that? So hence, 20 letters came to be. And the, so the background of it is a cradle panel. So you're right, it's a, a, a flat background, although it's got some depth to it. And then on top are these shaped pieces, geometric abstract shaped pieces that sort of stand out from it, maybe five centimeters each. So away from the wall, it's got a bit of depth to it. So I like to think it as almost like a, a structural painting as opposed to a flat canvas. And part of it is the idea that if you ran your hand over it, you'd feel these textures of it and the different contours of it. Like I felt when I touched the letters from my great uncle, you know, it was the same idea of this thing has to be very much tactile. So it's acrylic painted, but then I rubbed into it a wax covering so that it's almost got a leathery sort of softness to it where the light just sort of seeps in. So where it's hanging now on the wall, you do get the shadows around it because it comes off its background frame. So it's not a square piece. It's actually got very, very many angles that hang over the squareness of it, but it's also got this tactile quality. And for me, I do a lot of work in a lot of sculpture as well. It is that tactileness. I have to handle each piece. I have to hand paint each piece. So therefore each piece becomes very important to me. And I like to, I suppose I like, people to see my work in that way perhaps they could feel it perhaps they could you know hold it and I've actually got I don't know if we want to do this now I've actually yeah. got a little, a little box here I brought along so, no that, that was amazing I, I I really got the idea of that holding the letters that history yeah. and now that kind of I want to hold all 20 pieces mm. just you know we're just looking at one piece but now I want to hold all 20 to get that feeling of you lifting sifting through those letters which is an amazing way of I mean it's, I'm aware obviously I, I working words and mm. I take statistics and the English language and convert it into my own artistic practice and you you do the same and that's really interesting you know I've I've, not, I've known about you for a couple of years and I love the way you play with light and shadow and now listening to you you have a, another layer to your artwork which obviously when many people see this they'll just see abstract shapes but now we're hearing you you know that's the thing with uh, contemporary art you know it's so different to what people see as a landscape or a portrait. And now you've given, like, you, like your piece has layers, you've given me layers, mm. which is fantastic. So thank you so much. Um, there were some connections, I think, between what we saw and what you said, yes. which I think was quite interesting because, you know, obviously in, in lots of respects, it is quite an abstract piece of art, but by focusing on it, I, what I really loved was when Clark touched it and said, oh, that's, that doesn't feel like I would expect it to feel, but of course you've covered it with something else, mm, yeah. which I think was a really a small detail that was picked up as well. I think the, when we got to um, the, the title and we saw letters, the, the backstory of the letters 
seem to give it more life uh, in, in that now we know that your intention set was to convey a much deeper history and meaning, uh, which I hope, and I'm not completely sure we got to it in our conversation, but when I was trying to describe the life that it had, it was more that it didn't, you know, if you were to look at a black and white piece on its own, you wouldn't think that that would be quite a stark image, but this feels like it's got life in it. And I think maybe that's where that connection through to that history and heritage is, is come out in the story. I mean, it's not always obvious that, that that might be as deep as the one you described, but it's certainly, I think the colours that you've chosen, just give it a slight interest that makes you want to look closer. You did articulate that, you, yes. And so therefore, I mean, the colours, the colours are very much of the landscape here when I'm working in my studio, but they're also perhaps quite military colours and colours that perhaps might have been used, you know, during World War II when they were making the radar bunker or camouflage, etc. It's actually sort of an off-grey white, two of the shapes, so the background and then the, the, the one nearest us shape. And then the other two shapes are actually a very, very deep navy. So they almost could be black, but they're softer than that because they're a deep navy. So they've So it's got a bit of... It's not quite as severe as a, a, a black in a way, and I wanted that to be because the letters, sort of talking about these letters, those shapes on it are almost the way I had to um, decipher the, the words on the piece of paper. I mean, my great uncle wrote beautifully, very beautifully written, but you did have to concentrate on the way that he formed a letter because that was his handwriting. And so therefore, for me, these shapes are almost sort of forming a letter in a way. But are they also talking about the light and shadow that was across the bunker? So it's his history and mine and how, how I've tried to bring that together. It's beautiful. Can I ask, did you, when you had these exhibited together in that mm. exhibition, were the letters there also? No, I didn't. I actually, well, so what happened with the letters is very interesting question. Um, when I'd finished, um, you know, scripting all the letters from the originals I kept a copy and then my dad actually um, he managed to track down uh, his cousin who he'd sort of left lost contact with and um, his cousin was written of in the letters because she was my great uncle's little girl little daughter who he actually never met because he never came back from in from India um, he was killed in the war but he writes about his daughter in the letters and you know, he's asking his sister about how she is because she was a tiny little baby and her little rosy cheeks and how she was doing. And obviously he had some photos of her. And so it was really exciting and very moving. Uh, we were able to send the letters to to his daughter because she's now obviously a grown woman and, and it's my dad's cousin, so she's my great cousin. So we were able to send, actually post the letters to her. And I think she she couldn't get over the fact that she could read her her dad's words and I know when I had to go through the letters I felt like he was sitting in the room with me because he wrote in such a lyrical way so beautifully and he had a sense of humor and you just felt he was in that room with you so I think I like to get to think in my heart that she heard her father's voice through these letters um she actually died a couple of weeks ago so I'm going to a funeral next week but it was very important in a way that she didn't know about the letters existing so she had some sort of closure on and she never really knew her dad because she was two or three when he died so in a way we've 
close this circle of history in such a beautiful way. And I feel really honoured that I had that moment to read his words and then pass them on to his daughter. Um, so it's a very powerful, for me, poignant piece But of then work. you've produced a legacy through the artwork. And every time you're, you know, art is that memory, isn't it? For me, especially, especially if someone is going visually impaired. Yeah. When, I, when I look at, when I film my artwork now, I think, oh, I, I did that in 2006 or, you know. Mm -hmm. And for you, 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 you'll see those pieces yeah. in your studio uh, one day, you know, as the shadows are going across <laughs> again. And you'll just, you'll just sit in your chair thinking, and you'll think about your, your great uncle. And I think that's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, he's, it became such a powerful thing for me during lockdown and very, very emotive and such a connection I mean I could f almost feel his presence in the room it was really quite beautiful and I only have one photograph of him so I used to have that up in my studio whilst I was working so that I could often look over and <laughs> kind of have a chat with him it was sort of a it was just yeah it was quite beautiful in that way and um and for me that's that's what part of my work is about is about drawing on history or, or a story or something that has a connection and a real truth to it and um and the other thing about this piece is I like to use perhaps pieces from previous bodies of work and filter them through. So there's a, a timeline and a connection, like you could draw a line through the works and say, this is from here. And so the actual shapes on, on the cradle panel came from some bigger sculptures that were exhibited here in the West Gallery last year in Dazzle and Disrupt. They were part of the um, Time Traveller um, sculptures. Obviously, I had to sort of relook at the colour and rework them again and to bring them into this moment so they were right for the letters. But I worked on different scales. So these are the shapes from the big pieces that were in the show. But I also worked on some smaller sculptures with those shapes in. And so therefore, I had, um, I suppose, family pieces from those that have sort of been left over. And so I've got a couple of them here. Oh, wow. Um, and I'd like to actually give them, give them to you, Clark, because actually two of the shapes, two of the pieces I'm going to give you are actually two of the shapes that are on the painting. So you can feel what shapes are on the painting. So that's the bird-like shape that, that you talked about um, earlier. So that's one of the shapes. And then the other shape is the piece that's right at the front. So that's the, the, the nearest island. one to us. The yes. Island, yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. So they're for you. And they, so these are... These are popular again, and they've got an acrylic covering. And, yeah. I, and just this morning, because these are little boxes I have in the studio, I don't, you know, sometimes make little paintings from them. But because I hadn't waxed them, I, I waxed them for you this morning. So they've got a sort of a texture. That to same, that mm. same texture yeah. that I felt on your yes. original piece. So they've got like a sort of a. You can feel the paint somehow. Yeah. But I wanted you to be able to still feel the popular. You know, I wanted you to. I didn't want to pretend that they were something else. They. They have an integrity, the fact that they're poplar. You know, they've got this sort of live wood feel to them. So the edges are sort of laser cut, so they've got quite sharp edges. And then, But you, you can now feel that painting in your hand, as it were, by this mini version. That, that is so fantastic. You know what, it's like, I'm going to put these somewhere really nice in my studio, and that's going to be a memory of, of chatting to an amazing artist. I mean, I mean, like I said, I followed you for a couple of years, yeah, and it's the first time I've met you. And you've articulated your work so well that I have now another image in my head of not just what you visually put up there, but the, the, the history. It's almost like a, 
a, a photograph album, the way you've taken other artworks from other previous works and incorporated it. And now it feels, now you give me those two pieces, it feels like I'm part of your photo album, yeah. which is beautiful. So I just like to ask you, what, um, tell us what's happening in June. Oh, so um, yeah, I just, <laughs> it was so, it's been so lovely chatting with you guys. So, um, um, well, uh, part of things going on, I won the open Southampton Open Exhibition in 2020, which was which was a great honour. Um, and from that, I've got a solo show at Southampton City Art Gallery, and it starts now. I'm going to try and remember the date. So it starts. Um, I think it's June the 16th. It'll all be on the website soon. I think. So it's, it's it opens in June and it's on till September. At Southampton City Art Gallery, which is an amazing space. Um, it's just a great space to go and visit, go and see artwork. It's got a number of galleries within it. I'll be in Gallery 6 and also in the foyer, so quite a big space. I'm busy working on new sculptures for that. Um, I'm very excited about it, so yeah, I'd love to see you there. We'll have a chat, maybe. <laughs> Definitely, and this this has been... I've got goosebumps. I really have got goosebumps. It feels like, oh, I can't wait to just chat about the other art but then I think we're just going to have a, a, a short pause because I think yeah because that was such an intense conversation but made me feel like really emotionally response to it just a small piece of art that's 40 centimetres square and look at all the, all the information we've got from it just from our chat and then to chatting about the artist which is magical your story is a com is a mixture of beautiful heritage amazing creativity in the present all sorts of different materials that you're using in a way which is expressing tactile experience of art and I think there's a beautiful story underlying all of it which I think when we've had the opportunity to look at your art and then have a conversation with you I think it really brings it to life and I hope that for anyone listening to this they they can really get a sense of how you can change your feelings when you really engage with art and if you um if you like what you've heard then obviously take a look at lisa's work you won't be disappointed thank you so much lisa oh, no, thank you oh, honestly guys thank you so much just to have your perspective on it it's just been great thank you for inviting me thank, thank you. you thanks for joining us for this episode if you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>